some madness and badness combination. Grr. On morning side, got no stake in a ride. All right, welcome back, everybody. I am Jake Parr here with Elijah Diaz, and today we have a very special guest. Mr. Alcantar is one of our very special student support specialists here at Canning View. He is very near and dear to all of us students here, and we're just going to ask him a few questions, see how he does it, where he came from, all about that. So, uh, Mr. Alcantar, what did you have to? What's your favorite thing about Canning View? For him, I can't even, just the culture, the culture we've built here. And before I even got here, seeing how you guys are all tight and how the school has all the pride, it's just, it's a very special place to work for. And with those students, do you have, obviously being the student support specialist, do you have a really good relationship with those students? Yeah, like we, we get a very students, man, just from anywhere, like our job is to deal with students that need help with emotional support, maybe not having a great day or just need help getting involved. We also deal with students with grief that lost parents um, we also deal with students that are going through a lot right now, tragedies in like their own lives and, you know, maybe a, a lost home, maybe something like that. We, we work with Mr. Mendoza with, um, and we work with kids that just need somebody to talk to. So our job, we have a, a huge range of what type of kids we talk to, and it's just fun. It's just always different. Yeah. What would you say is um, your favorite part of your job and your least favorite part of your job? My favorite part of the job is I get to be me. Like, I can do what I do. I can talk to whoever I want to. I can, you know, just be me and I don't have to change for anybody. And the kids, you know, like that because they know they're talking to somebody who's real, somebody that's not going to be different just because of who they are. Um, the part that sucks the most about our job is hearing the stories, what some of you guys go through, man. You don't realize how bad you guys have it and sometimes how hard it is on you guys. So that sucks to have to hear that. There's nothing you can do sometimes, and that really sucks to. No, I can't always help somebody out. You want to help everybody out, but it's not always possible. Mm -hmm. So, and who are the other student support specialists that you work with? Uh, Miss Blunier. Miss Blunier is, is my heart and soul, man. I've known Miss Blunier for over twenty years. Her and I taught together twenty years ago, and she came into this world this year, and she's so phenomenal. At it. She's done a great job, and she's got like the best heart of anybody. So she does a great job. What did you teach? What did I teach? Yeah. Yeah. You teach because so, you taught together 20 years So 20 years ago, I was uh, a fifth grade teacher. Um, I taught fifth grade for fifth and sixth grade. I taught fifth and sixth grade math for 12, 13 years. So I did that for a long time. And then I got into uh, the high school and I've been in the high school since then. What made you want to do the switch? I was the head football coach at Dyser High School, but I was an elementary teacher. So I had to travel back and forth. And that was, that was tough, man. When you're the head coach and you got to be back and forth at your high school looking at your own students and then going to a totally different school yeah. and having to deal with that, that was tough. So my last year at Dyser, I was uh, teaching at Luke, uh, elementary school and then I resigned from there and I got the head coaching job at Cedar Chavez and I thought it would be cool to just be the head coach and actually teach at the school you're at. So, Speaking of you coaching, you are currently coaching for Perry, it is, right? No, Liberty. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. 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 Liberty, you guys are in the playoffs tonight. Yep. How are you feeling going into tonight's game? Uh, we're in the first round of the open game, man. I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's a great opportunity. We're the number one seed, and it'll be the first time ever being in that position and being where we're at. Is, it's amazing. You know, it's yeah. kind of like how we're with wrestling, you know. Yeah. We're trying to win a state championship. And to win the open, I mean, do the best in, in the state. Yeah. So it'd be fun, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. Is the culture of the team really, like, uh, upbeat right now because you guys are going into the open? Yeah, and what's cool about the culture there is like they've been there before, so they know how to act. They're, they're ready to roll and they understand that it's important, but we're living in the moment and that we're living week to week. 
mm-hmm. you know, because next week's not promised, you know, that you lose, you're out. Yeah. So the boys are excited, man. They're, they're pumped. They're ready to go. And, you know, we've had huge crowds and we've been in some big games. So we're excited to see how this one plays out. Mm-hmm. And who are you playing tonight? We're playing Hamilton High School. Tough. That's a tough match. Yeah, tough match. Yeah, we played the first games. So we know, we know, we know what to expect, but mm-hmm. they've gotten better since then. Yeah. How did you do back then? Uh, we won the, that first game. Uh, the, the first quarter was tough. Man. I think we were down. I want to see we were down fourteen to seven, and then we exploded that second score. The second quarter scoring forty two points, ended wow. up being forty nine to fourteen at time, mm-hmm. and we ended up beating them fifty six to twenty. Yeah. So you're hoping to replicate that tonight. I'm hoping so. Yeah. It'd be nice to get out of there and go get some wings late. Yeah. Nice one. Um, Along with your app, sports is FCA. You yeah. run the FCA here. What is the, uh, what is FCA? Just to explain to people that don't know what it is. FCA is a fellowship of Christian athletes. It doesn't mean you have to be an athlete to be an FCA, but it's a way for us to share our faith before and after school. Obviously, we try not to do it during school. It's just something we're not allowed to do. But it gives uh, kids an opportunity to be part of a club. Like you have all different types of clubs, but usually you don't have a club that talks about religion or talks about your faith. So that gives us an opportunity to be a part of that. And then we do a lot of charitable work. Like right now we're doing the big Thanksgiving drive. We're about to feed almost 40 families for Thanksgiving. That's awesome. fantastic. You know, we, That's awesome. We're doing a good job with that. Um, we do a Christmas drive where we so like we usually try to adopt two to three families. And just for the kids and children, we buy all their presents. Make yeah. sure they have about eight to 10. So they have something to open during Christmas, you know, make it fun for them. And it's huge, man. I'm proud of our FCA. Um, we started it way before I even got here. But within the last three years, we built it. You know, we would average about 20 kids. Now we're about 80 kids plus that come. Usually we average from 60 to 80 kids every meeting, every oh, Thursday man. morning. And then, um, you know, we were voted the number one FCA chapter in all of Arizona last year. And then just last night, I got the impact award for FCA of the year. So that was kind of what we've done together as like a whole group of kids and mm-hmm. our staff. So that's probably accepted for them, man. It's been good. Yeah. What does FCA mean to you? It means everything, man. It's, you know, I was, a, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was a bad kid in high school, but I wasn't doing all the right things. I was hanging out the wrong crowd. I was kind of being a follower, not a leader. And I had a coach named Coach Bowser who actually came and saw me the other day here. Kind of saved me, man. Got me away from all the gangs, got me away from all the stupid things. And, brought faith into my life and made me realize that God's more important and that I need to follow my faith and not being following other people that are not believing in God and, you know, changed me around and got me to where I wanted to be in college. And, you know, ever since then, I've, I've been a follower of Christ and trying to implement that as many ways I can without being in trouble of doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you feel about being able to give that change back to our students and to the community in general? It's, it's, I don't know if I'm giving it back, man. It's cool to give people an opportunity to, to be blessed like I was and to see what you guys do and to see what our students do by helping other people, man. It's a blessing because you guys don't realize how, how good you guys have it until you give something to somebody that doesn't have anything near what you have and would give anything to be you on your bad day. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's awesome to see that. It's awesome for our kids to see that. But it's awesome to see how many people reach out and help other kids out. You know, like our groups, our, our FCA group, will, our, our, our model is we have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable. So what they do, they go out and make sure every day, man, we say hi to somebody we don't worry to say hi to. We invite somebody to one of our meetings, you know, and we try to make sure that, you know, everybody's loved. So it's cool to see that. Yeah. The FCA events are really uh, well organized. The Fields of Faith, that's yeah. ran by FCA. And I just saw some videos from there. And that was like a super cool experience to just watch from a third person perspective. Yeah. Like having a bunch of students come worship 
and just share your faith and fellowship i thought yeah. that was such a cool like thing to just watch and yeah. see happen because that that that's like super impactful for the school like in general that's like super yeah. awesome to see Something yeah like and, it, and it's cool man because you got to think about that too we're getting you know 15 high schools around from the west valley to come and worship for one night yeah. by ourselves and you know refinery church helped us out they did the band we have one of their pastors um coach jerry rogers who's one of the basketball coaches of ottawa he's in charge of fca one of the main guys you know organized and put it together man and we're just thankful to host it and see mm -hmm. so many lives change and, and within that man if we can save two or three people from that and they find god it's it's a blessing so we did our job yeah you know so it's been pretty cool to see that yeah 100 and how would somebody go about like joining FCA? Is there anything they need to do or just no. show up? Just show up, man. Just show up to a meeting, listen to us speak, and listen to a couple people just talk about how it's helped them and just be part of it. All you got to do is you got to like donuts. I bring donuts every Thursday morning, man. You eat a donut, you chill, have breakfast. That's all you got to do. So. so how do you like run your meetings and everything like that? So we have guest speakers or we'll speak ourselves, our leaders. We have about 15 leaders. Uh, me and Jacobs is our president. Um, She'll help us organize some leaders. Um, there's a bunch of people that help out. And we'll bring in different pastors, different people of faith to speak to our kids, talk about what's on their heart. And then, you know, it's pretty cool because then in our, at the end of our, our talks, we call them devotionals. Our kids will ask questions or then kind of give their perspective of what they think the, the devotional is about or ask questions of how they feel. So it's pretty cool. That's really nice. I, I like how you can you know set that up and be a part of that to change because obviously with your job you change and help the help a lot of students and yeah. you can do that outside of school in school too yeah yeah i also feel like in high school nowadays sometimes people are scared to show their religion or yeah. some are don't feel safe and i think it's cool that there's now an outlet where someone could go and feel comfortable and yeah. be a safe place to share their religion or even learn about a religion to help their life out i think that's yeah not super common these days anymore. No. So. And what's cool about Canterbury High School, man, we have so many clubs and different outlets for kids that if you don't, if you don't want to be part of a religion-based club, go be part of like, you know, the art club, yeah. be part of the chess club, the relax club, you know, anything. There's there's a ton of different things we can do here. And that, that's cool because I didn't have that in high school. I didn't have all these clubs. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Stuco does a good job of putting them all together, you know, our administration does a good job. It's a blessing to have that. So it's a blessing for you guys. I'm like, hey, if I don't want to do this, at least I have this option to do that. Mm -hmm. If I'm not an athlete, at least I can go do this. Yeah. So that's kind of cool about our job because we get to see what everybody gets to do. I'm like, hey, go try this out. Go try that out. So it's fun to do that. Yeah. There's something for everyone yeah. on this campus for sure. 100%. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about your football, but I know you're the coach of wrestling because I'm a wrestler. So I've, we've kind of been together a little bit. How, yeah. how are you feeling going into this season? You know, Coach Ortiz, man, Coach Ortiz is a good dude. I've known Coach Ortiz since high school, man. We went to high school together. We got in trouble together. It was fun growing up with Coach Ortiz. If you know Coach Ortiz, man, he's, he's fun to be with. But to see what you guys have done, man, I've been blessed to be a part of the last three years. And just that was my first time ever being in the wrestling room. You know, in high school, when I went with Coach Ortiz, we were four-time state champs. Yeah. So if you weren't a dude, you weren't going to wrestle. So it was kind of tough. But watching you guys build what you guys have, and it's also made me a better coach because I never got to be in a state championship. The last two years, we took runner-up. Yeah. You know, and it, to see you guys that first year and you guys just excited about it. And then last year, we lost by a point and a half. But to see the expression and the disappointment of not winning it, 
but you guys knowing we should have won it made me realize, all right, these boys are going to win it this year. These boys know that they should have won it last year. Now they're out for blood and they're out to go get what's theirs. And I'm excited to see what you guys can do. I, do I think it'll be harder this year? Yeah. yeah. But I think you guys want it more this year because of the last two years. So I'm excited to see what you guys do. Finally follow through. Finally follow through. Finish, you know, we have unfinished business. Still finishing. And I know that's kind of been around the whole Canyonview. We get to the state finalists and just fall short a little bit. How do you think we could change that as a whole from your coaching perspective? It just, it, it, it depends, man. Like, it's it's not, I don't, like, you know, we did an AIA interview the other day and somebody asked us about our loss at Corona. I, go, I don't think it's a failure. I think it's a learning experience. You got to remember, you know, the amount of state championships that we've been through as a small, brand not small, but newer high school shows you we're almost there. You got to remember, a lot of high schools never got the opportunities we've gotten so far, and they've been around for years and decades. We've done it in, what, five, six years? Yeah. And then if you think about it, if we're having these types of setbacks, when we get it right, imagine how many state championships, how many banners Miss Hudson's gets to hang up in that, in that gym, you know? So I don't see it as we're, you know, having failures, I said, you know, we're just we're building our bricks to make our house for our foundation. And sooner or later, it's going to have all these banners and we won't have any spots for them. And that's going to be a cool place to be when that happens. So, yeah. And how do you see like us in competition with other high schools, like our sister schools in Agua Free and just in Arizona in general? It's just, it, it's different, man. The, the, the culture here is different. What I like about Liberty High School, where I coach football, it's expected to win. It's expected that we do good, and our head coach expects us to do that. Here, Ms. Hudson expects us to win, but it's not just one program, it's multiple programs. You got, you know, wrestling, baseball, girls basketball, boys basketball, um, baseball for us, softball. Like, you have all these programs that are getting there, and we're going to get there, man. It, it, it's very similar. The only thing that is different from what I've seen is we're young. We're a young school, and we're still trying to learn our ways to create a tradition of winning. You know, you go look at Liberty, Peoria High School, schools that won a ton of state titles. There's tradition there because they're older, man. You yeah. know, Peoria's over 100 years old. Liberty's, you know, in like almost 30 or 20, whatever it is. We're going to get there and we're going to have traditions. The coolest thing about our school is we already built it in a short amount of time. So imagine what our traditions are going to be 20, 30 years ago when you guys come back for your 10-year reunion, 20-year reunion. Like, man, we started that. We started that. I mean, yeah. Even though we win that state title with these guys, we are part of the foundation that they built. So I see it happening soon. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely coming our way. I think our wrestling is so talented too. Like, yeah. We have some guys that are freaking killers out there. And yeah. just watching them do that, what they do is crazy. Yeah. And we have, and we're one of the few high schools in Arizona that have all Americans. Like, yeah. we have two all Americans, and not many high schools have one. Mm -hmm. Not even one in their district. We have two in our high school. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see that. But it's not just that with, you know, sports. Like, you look at our sports here, like, how many how many sightings do we have every 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 yeah. semester? We have a ton of sightings. Yeah. We do a good job with that, and we celebrate it the right way. That's what the thing I love about Miss Hudson and what we do with, you know, it's a it's a blessing to be, be able to sign. But it's also a blessing not for the person signing, but for the teachers to see like, look, at, I I get to be a part of that kid's life. I get to be a part of that. Yeah. Like you know, last night I was I was with Connor Anderson. He's pitching at GCU. He came to watch us get an award. But then I think about it like I, I got to be a part of that kid's life. I didn't get to coach him. But I get, I got to be a part of that journey, yeah. and I get to see how when it finishes and you know what it ends up being, and that's a cool thing to do. So I'm excited for that too. I'm excited for all those kids. And what do you think your favorite moment that has come? Like, what's your favorite moment of all time that's come out of working at Canyonview and interacting with these students and these athletes? 
just my favorite moment is just being here, man. Like being part of SCA. I think SCA is huge to me, but being a part of it, just being able to talk to the kids every day and knowing that you're making an impact, knowing that you get to be a part of their lives. That that's my favorite part. It's not a favorite moment, but it's always a different moment every day. You know, and then, then are there gonna be bad days? Yeah, man. Not everybody's gonna like what you do, not everybody's gonna be happy with what you do, but in your heart, if you know you're doing right, in your heart you know you're doing what God intended and what you're supposed to do, it should be a beautiful day every day to you. No matter what anybody else says, the outside knows. So I'm thankful for that and you know, that's my favorite part about it. Um, what are some things that inspire you every day or when you're coaching or running all these things? What are some things or people that inspire you every single day? My dad, man. My dad, my dad's my huge inspiration, man. He passed away a year ago in September. You know, I was coaching football at Millennium. I was a defensive coordinator over there. And I got a phone call on a Monday that my dad had coded. He was in the hospital not doing too good. We, didn't, we thought he was out of the woods. And, you know, I, I had to go run out of practice, go see it. And I was there with my dad when he died. I was there with his last breath and I got to talk to him. And, you know, people talk about, you know, why do you coach? Why do you do your things? I even said it last night at the ceremony is that I saw my dad coach for 35 years. My dad worked in construction. He was working outside all the time, man. And he would come home every day. He was very strict, made sure the house was clean, made sure my homework was done, made sure I was good to go. And then I would load up his truck with either our baseball equipment, our football equipment, our basketball stuff, whatever sport he was coaching that day. And my dad would take his old Ford truck. My dad would go do this. My dad would help raise his boys. And I remember when I started coaching real young, I asked my dad, why did you do that, man? That seems like now I'm looking at it, I'm doing it. It takes so much time, Pop. Like, I call it Pop. Like, why do you do that? And he talked about it. Like, That's what God intended, man. If you want to be a man, like, if you want to be a good coach, you'll never be remembered as a coach. You'll be remembered as a guy that helps kids and a guy that was there for kids. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so if you want to be a coach, you're doing it. You're not, you're, don't be a coach. But if you want to be a coach because you want to help people and be remembered as helping people, that's the type of coach people remember. Yeah. And so it, made, it was weird when he said it. He was like, but you know, he's like, don't be remembered as just a coach. Remember as a good man helping people. Yeah. So he's the reason why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. I want to make him happy and proud, man. So that's my inspiration. That's awesome. What did you do to start and to, like, what did you do to get to your teaching positions and to help set up for your future and where you are now? Um, I was a college man. I, I wanted to play football. I thought I was better than I was, and I wasn't. I went to NU <laughs> and realized I was not as talented as everybody there. You know, I was a short-lived dream. And, and then, you know, I, I got in trouble in class. I mean, I'm telling you guys, I was kind of a bad dude. I got in trouble in class. It was a class that I was a uh, health 200 or 250. I can't remember the name of the class, but uh, Teresa was our teacher in that class. She was our professor. And she called me out in front of all the guys and she's like, I'm sorry, you need to stay after class. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get kicked out of class. I'm being an idiot, I'm making jokes. Me and the guys are messing around. And she's like, I want you to meet me at Coconino High School. Um, you need to talk to me. We're gonna talk about, you know, some things that you need to correct in your class. So I'm, like, oh, I'm not even meeting her office. I got to go meet her out of work. And then she introduced me to Coach George Moat. He was the head football coach at Coconino High School. And she's like, I got a, I got a player for you. He's going to help you out. He's going to be the guy that, you know, is going to help you coach. And I'm like, I don't even want to coach. She's like, well, if you don't, you don't want to coach, you're not going to be in my class. And you'll be kicked out of my class and you go out and talk to the dean about it. So I never got to coach like a full term there, but 
I got to meet Coach Moat. I got to kind of get introduced to like what football is about, and you know, and it kind of sparked that fire. Man, I really want to coach. I really want to coach football. And so when I graduated, I I, I went to Dyson High School. Um, I was teaching at Sunset Hills. Oh no, Thompson Ranch. It was a brand new school, and uh, we I got introduced to the head coach at Dyson High School. Brand new dude, and I asked him, Hey, do you need help? And I'll never forget, I'm like, man, this is so hard. And I'm talking to my dad about it. I'm like, dad, am I doing the wrong thing? He's like, no, you're at one of the toughest schools in Arizona. You could quit. Mm-hmm. He's like, but finish it out and see what happens. So we did three years there. And kind of how full circle comes back. I coached for a while and I came back. I took a year off because I had knee surgery and I had to get an ACL and a microfracture done. And then the coach, this was like probably 10 years later, Another coach from Dyson was like, hey, man, I know you coached here. I need help. Nobody wants to coach here. We don't have enough coaches. Can you come back? I was like, yeah, you know what, man? I'll come back for a year and help out, and then I'll try to see if I can just go somewhere else and learn. And that coach ended up getting, like, had her quit or resign or got fired, and they offered the head coaching job to me. And I told my dad, this was 12 years ago, and I was like, Dad, I'm not ready to be a head coach. He was like, well, maybe God is. Maybe you're not, but God is ready for you. So within that time, I took over my first year there. We were two and eight. Dyser had not had a winning season in 22 years. So it was tough, man. And I was like, man, I was part of the worst seasons there. <laughs> and so I got a bunch of guys that were part of the community. Maybe not all the football guys that people thought I needed, but I got dudes that were like, you know what, let's, let's make a change. And the second year we went four and six. The third year we went uh, seven and four. It was the first time ever in their history they had a winning, or not first time, but the first time in over 20 years, two decades, they had a winning season. Damn. And then my last year there, we went nine and two. We went, won the first region title in school history for football. We made the playoffs, we made history. And, you know, that from there, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. God's timing, for sure. Yeah, man, it was fun, man. Yes. You build lifelong relationships, you yeah. know, being a coach and doing all that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Good thing else, Jake? No, I, you probably have to get out there with all the... No, whenever you guys are ready, man. I have a question. It's a little more off topic, just to know, know a little bit more about you. What is your favorite musical artist? My Ooh. favorite musical yeah. artist? Who do you listen to on the daily? On the daily. On the daily. I don't know, man. I, I like all genres of music, except for 70s rock. I hate 70s rock. I just shouldn't say hate. I, don't, I dislike 70s rock. But I listen to everything, man. You'll catch me listening to some Christian music. I'm a big country dude, like Morgan Wallen, George Strait, um, rappers. I love Drake. I'm more of an old school Tupac oh, yeah. type of guy. Um, you know, um, trying to think Spanish music. I love it all, man. I, I listen to everything. It depends what I'm doing. If I'm getting ready for a football game, it's zoning out to some rap music. If I'm driving, hanging out with my fam, it's probably country music. Right now, I'm, you know, it's Christmas time. Christmas yeah. cards for us, November yeah, yeah. 1st. <laughs> So it's all Christmas music right now, so it's it's whatever, man. Yeah. You're one of those people, uh, November 1st, it's Christmas time? Oh, yeah. Because some people, it's after Thanksgiving or December yeah, 1st. Yeah, we don't talk to those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm November 1st. As soon as November, Christmas yeah. music and Christmas tree can go up. Yep, yeah. I already got my lights up, man. It's not even Thanksgiving. Yeah. All my Christmas lights are up already. Thanksgiving is just a filler, just yeah. getting you ready for Christmas. That's all yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'd say even in October for me, but... Yeah. Just, if you're if you're Mexican, you gotta know Christmas time is November because that's when yeah. you start making tamales. Oh yeah, you tamale know? season's coming up. Yeah, soon. I'm excited for that. So you gotta remember, like, hey, once tamales hit, man, I know it's Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. my mom makes some meat tamales, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, we make them all, man. We make them with my mom and my dad when he's alive, but we make them still with my mom. And it's a sweatshop, dude. Like it's it's a assembly line. Everybody's got to yeah. do their thing, and you don't realize you're making twenty, thirty dozen that within two hours. And yeah. 
but you do remember making them because that's all you eat for two months and yeah. after that you're good to go and like all right we're good i'll wait till next year yeah there's a, there really is an assembly line. Someone yeah. smashing the moss, yeah. someone spreading it, and there's someone falling it. Yeah, that's and then you get yelled at for like, that's too much moss. I'm like, well, they're not for you, they're for me. So yeah. for the for my family, we uh, so all the women are the ones who make the tamales, yeah. and then all the it's men. Unfortunate, all, yeah. you should be making them. Yeah, well, it's it's just tradition. It's kind of weird. I don't know why. And then all the men will come and we eat red chili burritos, and that's kind of like our tradition. But it's it's always interesting tomorrow day because the women are always fighting each other, all mad at each other, talking but, trash. Yeah, talking trash. <laughs> talking about you're spreading too yeah. little. Those are tiny tamales, but it's always fun. We uh we do it that way too, man. But it's like in me, most of the boys will spread the masa, the girls will wrap, put them in there. My dad used to put the chilies in there, and he would put it all over. My mm -hmm. wife, my mom would wrap them up, put them away, and then we would count the amount. And then me and my brothers would just pump them out, man. We would do all the masa spreading, and then my kids. Their job when they were younger would be to take the ones we did to enter to the table and then we would like have that transition. Mm -hmm. uh, here's another dozen, boom, take them. Here's another dozen, boom, yeah. take them. And we'd be quick, quick, quick. And then we would wait. My mom would cook the first two dozen and then she would make homemade rice, homemade beans. Sometimes she would throw homemade tortillas, which was my favorite. Mm -hmm. And it would just be, you know, you'd just be happy, fat, eating, man. Yeah. so good, man. Yeah. We eat, about it right now. You eat tamales even until January. Yeah. You eat tamales forever. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you get all your friends over. You know, it's funny, man, because my wife's, my wife's not Mexican. She's white. But to see her, like, be a part of that and have those traditions, you know, because it's more of a Hispanic tradition. Yeah, yeah. And then have her kind of share that with my kids is cool. And she's like, we never did this. I'm like, oh, you're not Mexican. So that's probably why you never <laughs> yeah. did it. But, you know, but it's cool. And she, the kids love it, man. It's, it's a good time, man. Yeah, There's sure. different traditions we do. So, mm. yeah. I'm excited because we get tamales from our neighbors because we do trades with yeah. Christmas food. And it's highlighted at Christmas time okay. always. And I just love cooking and baking. And it's yeah. just like I get to bake for them. And then they, it's like, yeah, it's I'm, very community. I don't ever get those cookies and baking. You and your sister part are upset now that I know about that. That's cool. We'll talk about it later when this is off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll have to make you some. I haven't made some in a while. So. I do. I love chocolate chip, man. I love, I love baking, man. Like, I love when my daughter bakes, man. She knows when I'm mad and having a bad day. She'll make some fresh cookies. And I won't even say anything. That's my girl, man. Yeah. Do you, and, uh, do you and your family celebrate, like your whole family celebrate Christmas Eve? Is that like the day you guys celebrate? So no, we, we do it where, it was weird, man. And, like we do, we celebrate Christmas with my, my, my wife's family. We go to my, my aunt, my aunt, her, she's like my second mom, man. I love her and Debbie, man. She, I love that woman to death. We go to her house She and she's made it better for me. Cause you know, being Hispanic, traditionally you have tamales and rice and yeah. beans for Christmas. Yeah. Well, my Aunt Debbie, man, she doesn't do that. She switches up every year. We can have some kind of some kind of meat, some kind of a cheese thing, or she changes it up so it's never the same. Mm. But the one thing I keep consistent, once we're done with my aunt, we hang out, she's not mine, but I call her my aunt. Once we hang out at my aunt's house, we then go to my mom's for midnight when Christmas hits, and we have a bowl of menudo. Mm. And if you like, you know, not like, if you're not Mexican, you probably don't like menudo, but we have a bowl of menudo, we sit at the table, we talk to my mom and my kids, you know how it is, you guys are dying, like I just wanna go home, yeah, give me a Christmas yeah, yeah. present. We give one present at Christmas Eve and that's it. And then we set up all the stuff for Christmas for Santa and the reindeer man. And, and then the next day we celebrate Christmas, we go to all the houses, but Christmas Eve is always my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Just cause it's that anticipation to get to Christmas, yeah. but also the food. And all the yeah. eating, yeah, yeah, all yeah. The so. Well, it was really nice talking to you. I love learning more about you and your time coaching and everything you've done to help. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. This is fun, man. You have a lot of really good insight, and uh, you're doing some really cool and awesome things on campus. So, you know, just 
it's pretty awesome to see it happen. Well, I'm proud of you guys for doing what you guys do too, man. So keep doing this, man. This is cool. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Uh, that's all we have for you today. Thank you, Mr. Alcantar, for coming. And see you next time. All right, Peace. Guys.